Welcome to the Nonprofit Growth Show, presented by Nonprofit Megaphone, the podcast where we highlight nonprofit leaders in the trenches who share the strategies and tactics they use to grow their organizations and make a difference each day. As we like to say, if you want to be discouraged by a general sense of decay, read the news. But if you want to be inspired by concrete stories of growth, talk to a nonprofit. Here's to the modern day superheroes, the nonprofit leaders. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Margaret Ward. She is the Director of Grants and Development at Creative Minds International Public Charter School. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. I am really looking forward to our chat here. And we have a tradition of jumping right in and diving into a moment that has maybe been suspenseful, dramatic, nerve wracking in your development career. I was wondering if there's a moment that you wanted to share with us. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about um, when we had a major donor visit scheduled for my school. Um, not the present school. Um, a donor, we had scheduled this out. We had orchestrated it perfectly. We did a tour of the school. We had the students do their tour and sing and did everything perfectly. And we sat down with this donor who, by the way, was an international donor. So you can only get her to the States every once, every three years, maybe. And she came to visit and we sat down for the ask and she jumped right in and she said, what can I do to help you? And we were excited and we had been waiting for this question. And unfortunately, my executive director said, oh, we're good. Thank you. No. That's what I said. <laughs> Not out loud. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's what happened. It was kind of nightmarish for me at that particular moment. Oh my goodness. So what, so how did it end up? That was it. That was just, okay. And let's keep rolling. It was really kind of crazy because I had my mouth open and I was trying to figure out what to do next. Um, My colleague from our foundation just sat there with his eyes wide open and his mouth open and our founder almost fell out of a chair and she, the donor repeated herself. She was like, she just said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. <laughs> um, after that, that was pretty much it for that conversation. We talked oh, my about goodness. School. We talked about, you know, the program that she had been donating to for well over 10 years. Um, <laughs> and we just continued. And we, while I was still at the school, we never got that. Unbelievable. That is, that takes the cake. That is, that is a remarkable story. That is so interesting. Okay. Well, there, there you go. Um, I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is, that is truly, truly one of a kind. Yeah. You wanted a story. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have received it. Um, and now I'll I'll maybe test my luck and I'll ask for another story. I would love to hear some of your story and the journey that's led you to where you are today. Wow, um, what a journey it's been. I actually, when I was younger, much younger, and I probably date myself, I wanted to act, design album covers. That was what I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, and I went to school for graphic arts, and then I learned I really didn't like drawing or doing any artwork for anybody. Um, So I had to change my major. 
to nonprofit management. And that actually resonated with me. I love the idea of helping people. I love the idea of making communities better. Um, So from there, once I graduated, I worked at a series of small nonprofits in the uh, D.C. metropolitan area. And I mean, the nonprofits ranged from arts organizations to farmers and ranchers to theater. Um, And then I ended up in education when I had my son. And I love it. And I love the idea of helping students, um, young people become better, um, helping them learn about the world around them. Um, And since I don't think I'm a teacher, the best thing I could do is become a fundraiser. Mm. There you go. I love it. Oh, that's so great. And that's that's such a great connection to have. Is there a story that sticks out in your mind that captures some of the essence of the difference that Creative Minds International Public Charter School is making in the lives of its students or the families that it serves? Um, well, you know, Creative Minds is a great and unique school um, because we offer early childhood elementary and middle school students a chance to um, gain the skills and the knowledge that they need to participate in a global society. And what's interesting about our school is we are inclusive. And that means we want to make sure that we're pulling in students. We're not pushing out students. And what is great about that is that when you're pulling in students, the students in the classrooms learn to, they learn tolerance and they learn to see past differences and they learn to help each other. Um, And then they become really creative. And for me as a fundraiser, that helps me because they come up with all kinds of incredible ideas that they can do in this school setting um, that helps everyone. Um, that helps their peers, that helps the families. And that's kind of a great thing for a fundraiser. Absolutely. And then let's take that thread and follow it. If we dive into fundraising and your work as a development professional, is there an approach or a tactic that you could share that other people might benefit from that you've found to be very helpful in your work? Um, I believe truly in the power of building relationships and tapping your sphere of influence. That's one of the things that I've always worked on and I've always taught and I've always tried to share within the organizations that I've worked with. Um, For me, in order to raise funds, it's always been built on those relationships, those connections, Um, the ability to share our story as well as hear the stories of others because there's always some sort of connection between humans. And that's what has helped me um, fundraise over the years. Absolutely. And then how do you approach, you're somewhat unique in that this is an educational context. How do you approach starting those new relationships with folks that may someday want to get involved in supporting the organization? Um, You know what? It's really been interesting for me because um, at Creative Minds, um, we are just really building our our development office. Um, So right now it's really reaching out and talking to people everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, just talking to people. Because the one thing that we we all have done is go to school and we all have really fond memories. And so what's really cool about it is if you look, if you think about when you were younger, 
you know, and what school was like for you. And then you bring the the person into a school like Creative Minds. School has changed so much over the years. Um, and you can talk about that. And then it kind of excites people, too, because then they can see like they have a vision of what can what the possibility is. It's amazing. Um, but there is always that connection. And so no matter where you are, no matter who you're talking to, somebody has hopefully has a really fond memory of what their education was like. And then you just kind of share with them, like maybe, you know, you could help us make, um, help our students have fond memories. That's that's beautiful. Very well put. And um, speaking of perspectives, we will now jump into one of the very fun and entertaining parts of the show where we have a mock debate. And the topic that we've selected is, is the development team solely responsible for fundraising, which I think is an oft discussed topic. Would you like to take the pro side that yes, it is or the con side that no, it's not? it's not. I'm the I love guy. it. I love it. Okay, perfect. Well, why don't you go ahead and make an opening statement on why the development team is not solely responsible for fundraising? I believe that fundraising really is a team sport. I believe it takes more than one person in order to move any team forward. Um, the fundraiser can actually lead the team, but there has to be a team involved. Um, and I think when you have a team, you actually make more money. You actually build more relationships. Um, that's pretty my, that's my thought. I love that. Okay. I'll, I'll attempt to take a swing back at you. Do you, wouldn't you agree that the role of development, um, just like the roles of all the other professionals in a nonprofit are actually, um, when you get down to it, very difficult and require a lot of thought and, and training and expertise. And isn't it more realistic to have specialists that are on the development team that are solely responsible for fundraising? And then there are other folks, for example, teachers in classrooms that are maybe solely responsible for educating and administrators and so forth that have other sole responsibilities. Doesn't that make more sense to clearly delineate those areas of responsibility and not have overlap? Um, it could, but not really, because when you think about it, especially for fundraising, I would not jump in the classroom and start teaching. Definitely wouldn't do that. Love the, love the teachers. Um, <laughs> but I don't know everything about teaching. I don't know the nuances. I don't know how to control a classroom. And I believe that when you're talking to donors, prospective donors, um, any type of funder, or any type of uh, person that could be a partner to your organization, they really want to understand what happens. I can't explain what happens in the classroom. Hmm. Um, and I think it's really important to have the experts explain. So I'm not asking for the teachers to make the ask, but I'm really asking for their help in explaining what happens. Um, kind of like if you're working in a hospital and you're fundraising for a hospital, you know, you can talk about the hospital and you can talk about how great the building is and all of the patients and you can give all the details as a fundraiser. But you can't explain why, well, you might, why the surgeon needs that particular piece of equipment in order to do um, 21st century surgery. 
So you kind of need the surgeon to help you there. I think you always need the expert that can really explain. Um, the other part that the team is a huge team when you're fundraising it would, especially in education, it's the teachers, it's your administrators because they really kind of know the budget a little bit. Um, it's your board because your board of directors may have the contacts that you as the fundraiser do not have, but it's also, you also have children on your team because the children can tell what happens during a day as only children can paint that wonderful picture of how great their day is. Mm. So I think it's a team sport. As a matter of fact, on my board in my office, it says it's a team sport. Just <laughs> a reminder to everybody that works. <laughs> well, there you go. I love how you took my argument about the specialization and swung it back around and fired it right back at me. That was beautiful. And I, I do. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It is so much more effective when it is a team sport and everyone's able to contribute the different areas that they have expertise in. Thank you for, um, thank you for so eloquently putting that and uh, so thoroughly dismantling my opposition that was that was wonderful um how would you describe yourself if you could only use one word creative i love it tell us about that um i think in order to be a fundraiser you have to be creative i think in order to survive these days you have to be creative you have to think outside the box um i kind of look at the world through several different colors and lenses at this point. And you just, whatever comes your direction, you have to figure out a solution. And that takes some creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, fundraising is hard. And there's a lot more no's than there are yeses. And you're always trying to figure out how to turn that no into a yes, or at least a maybe. Um, so I think, I tend to be creative. I tend to think more on my feet. Um <laughs> I do much better when it's something that comes out of the blue than if I have time to actually dwell on it, overthink it and change my mind 10, 20 times. Um, so I think I'm a very creative person. Very cool. Very cool. Is there an exciting shift that you're seeing taking place in the nonprofit universe today that has you hopeful or enthusiastic? Um, I see. I see fundraising becoming more diverse. Um, I see more young people taking on fundraising for their causes, whatever the cause is, and being excited about it and thinking outside the box of ways that they can um, raise money for whatever their passion is. I think that's kind of cool. I've been watching social media and I am watching how many people have taken on charities as their birthday celebration. Um, I think that's a really neat trend. Um, it might not raise all of the money that the nonprofit needs, but it's great for exposure for your nonprofit. Absolutely. And that's a great call out. We've talked about that in one of the other episodes about how effective that can be. Not not replacing other forms of giving, but supplementing them, certainly. One of the other things that is really interesting to me, and I think to many folks, is the networks and the communities of practice that form around nonprofit world and development. Have there been folks maybe at other organizations and roles similar to yours that have been inspirational or encouraging to you along your journey? Um, You know, I am always inspired and encouraged by any single parent that 
is a fundraiser or a marketer, <laughs> um, they inspire me the most. And it doesn't have to be someone with a huge name or well-known. Um, I've worked in an organization where um, three of us have been the fundraisers and we were all single moms. And we got the job done. And the reason I am so inspired by um, people like us is because fundraising requires a lot of work and a lot of outside the normal business day work. There's a lot of relationship building. And when you have a family and you are the sole provider for that family, I think that you have to be real creative about how you spend your time, how you get things done and balance that with raising your child as well. So anyone that can do that, I'm totally inspired by. Absolutely. Yeah. Likewise, to say the least. Um, Are there things that you feel like you understand or appreciate now more than you did in years past? Um, I think it, I think I'm going to go back to relationships. That seems to be my theme today. Um, I don't think I completely understood the power of relationships and um, the power of building trust on purpose in my younger days. Um, and now I, in this point in my career, I know that that's how you actually raise um, the most money for your organization. That's how, that's why money is given. Um, when I started, I didn't understand that as much. It was kind of like, okay, if you hmm. do X, Y, and Z, then the money's going to come in. Hmm. Um, but it, also, when I was younger in my relationship, I was probably in lower positions. <laughs> so sure. it was kind of like, okay, if I mail out this letter, then somebody will mail a check back. Now, um, when I am director and I am in charge of creating the development office and um, building these relationships, now I realize how important it is to make sure all of that stuff back there was done in a timely <laughs> manner. So, um, yeah, that was definitely something I've learned over the years. Um, I'm still learning. Um, and also, the other thing that I think I've learned is um, how to manage up and how to make sure that the head heads of the organization, whoever the head is, the executive director or whoever, um, understands what the development role is. Um, Absolutely. I and potentially what the development role needs, which does not include telling a large donor that there are no needs. Right. <laughs> right. I think <laughs> I learned the power of making sure that we practice before that. <laughs> so that's something I've learned over the years. Certainly. Certainly. That's great. Margaret, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and share some of these truly breathtaking stories and and really insightful uh, approaches and philosophies to your work. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about Creative Minds? Where should they take a look? Okay. Our Instagram for Creative Minds is at CMIPCS. And if you want to learn about me or follow me personally, I'm at Seeking Supermom Status. I love it. That is beautiful. Thank you so much, Margaret. I really appreciate it. I know this is a busy, busy week for you, but thanks for taking the time to spend it here with us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I've enjoyed every minute. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Growth Show presented by Nonprofit Megaphone. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or giving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast network. We appreciate your support. Until next time.